A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The Square Ball Podcast. The show is brought to you by Levi Solicitors. 10% off your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. I'm Dan Moylan. Hello. With me, Michael Normanton. Hello. And so is Moscow White, Daniel Chapman. Hello. Get early access to the Matchball Podcasts plus our subscriber exclusive Extra Ball Podcast. More content for you every single week and all our podcasts, including this one ad free. That comes with TSB Plus, our new subscription package. And so does a full digital sub and a daily email from Moscow, which is getting a lot of love at the minute. Some entertaining writing going into that, Moscow. So well done. Keep that up, please. Thank you. I'll do my best. I'll let HR know. Great stuff. Head to thesquareball.net forward slash plus. Well, blimey O'Reilly, we've been nominated for an award, which is nice. Shortlisted for one. Not just nominated, shortlisted. We've made the cup for the final six, haven't we? The uh, the FSA awards, uh, which we've been involved with for most years, actually, over the last uh, 10 or thereabouts. So if you put our name forward, thank you. Your job is not quite done yet. We do need a little bit of help. There's more Leeds representation coming in the form um, of nominations for LUFC Data and the Leeds United Supporters Trust as well. And two out of the three of us need your help as the categories are in a public vote. And we are in for Club Podcast of the Year. Uh, Have that, Pat Bamford. Which is nice. So um, head to thesquareball.net forward slash vote. We've set up a redirect to make things bloody easy for you to do that. And you want to do us for question four. Well, you might not do, but please do. Fulhamish did beat us when it was down to a panel, so we need to really make sure we cheat enough to win this time. Not cheat. Well, Utilise the resources at our disposal. Yeah, which may be a phone, a tablet, a VPN. A more. server farm in Denver. <laughs> you know, whatever you've got. Now, just, just vote for us, please, and do it legally and legitimately. And then LUFC data for question five as well, and the Trust's award is not being done by a public vote, so they won't need your assistance at this stage. But yeah, question four, question five, the squareball.net forward slash vote and make us happy. I mean, we don't need awards to feel, you know, satisfaction and validation in our lives, I think. But, you know, given that two out of the three of us left jobs for different reasons with large media companies, we have imagined grudges that we need to kind of settle, don't we? So I'm going to go and parade it around the office if I win this. <laughs> You're old. Just tap on the windows outside. I'm going to literally smack people in the face with it. I love, I love this idea that the two of you left jobs with large media companies <laughs> as if it's fucking two Philip Schofields sitting here who've gone rogue. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I used to like look at spreadsheets most of the day. It wasn't it wasn't particularly media ish, but um, I, I basically was forced to do some maths because no one else could do it. Yeah, I used to say, hey, "Here's Ed Sheeran." Oh, that's that's what I did. You did some good commercial reads. I did do a lot of commercial reads. Yeah, selling shit. Uh, speaking of which, they'll be on the way in a bit, unless you are a subscriber, in which case uh, you will get these ad free, which is great. But anyway, back to the message that we are trying to convey here, which is to vote for us in the FSA awards, please. Uh, voting closes on February the twenty second, so not long to do that. Um, do ASAP, please thesquareball.net forward slash vote. In fact, if you don't vote for us in the FSA awards, you may end up getting stuff like Arsenal Fan TV, which we'll come on to in a minute or two. Arsenal 4 leads to, ah, we lost, whatever. Not in, won it? No. Ah, it was a bit. It was all right. We could have, we we're so much better than this when we want to be. That was the thing. Still it, good. With various things changed, we would have been better. With Calvin Phillips in, we'd have been better. With Melier not losing his mind, we'd have been better. With a Pat, a Pat Bannon, Pat, Bamford penalty. Pat Benatar. Pat Benatar. Um, if he'd hit us with his best shot, it would have been fine. But the Bamford penalty wasn't given. That could have made it more interesting. It was just one of those days, wasn't it? Fuck it. Oh, and, well. And even, as we said on, when was the game? Sunday. Even when it is one of those days, 4-0 down by the 50th minute, still come away from it. Thinking, We're not bad though, are we? Bit of hope. Yeah. Always and, a bit of hope. 
it was Arsenal making the defensive substitutions and if it had been uh, the Bamford penalty was at 4-3 and then it does get really interesting and then as it was um, I was reading all the reports because I summarised them in, in the propaganda email and there was one pointed out or a few pointing out that if any team was going to throw away a four goal lead Arsenal Football Club um, in the modern era absolutely the ones and they have I think they they let Newcastle back into a game after being 4-0 up. So it was possible and we were still very open in the second half. But Calvin Phillips is a very, 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 a very nice man, as um, the AA adverts used to say, and also a very good player. And you're going to miss him. All the stuff we said on Sunday, stuff was, some of the stuff maybe we, were we a little bit harsh on Stryker? Do you think that was fair? The one area I did think we were a bit harsh on him was when I was looking over the the teams again looking through some of the stats and I did notice Odegaard on their team sheet and he didn't really do a single thing did he and he was the person strike was in charge of marking so maybe he did a good job of that and we just didn't realize he wasn't terrible but he's not Calvin Phillips and that's the problem and you know Calvin Phillips is a 50 million pound footballer and you're not going to have a an easy replacement for an England international who is he's an absolute specialist in that position, Bielsa has drilled him and taught him and he's taken to it and he knows exactly what he needs to do in that situation. And the big difference I spotted, in your, if you've read me match report, you've had this, but forward passing, which we pointed out, we'd spotted Rafinha yelling at Stroik about it. Phillips average forward passes, 292 yards a game. He kicks the ball forward. Stroik against Arsenal kicks the ball forward a total of 55 yards and that's loads less. That is loads less. So it all sort of, it starts moving from front to back then because then Rafinha and Jackie can't get on the ball. Pat Bamford's just running around at the defenders. Everything's breaking down and it's a lot to do with that vital thing because nobody else was making up those yards. It's not like Liam Cooper was took over as our playmaker from deep and started hitting the balls forward to Rafinha. We just weren't getting there. And it's not like, you know, Stroik can do it when he's a centre-back, his forward passing is sometimes higher than Calvin Phillips. But it's that having, um, I don't know, maybe we could watch again and see how well he marked Odegaard, but remember Odegaard was marking him and the fact that Stroik could only pass forward, get the time and the space to pass forward so infrequently and be found by his teammates so infrequently as well. He wasn't being passed to as much as Calvin would have. Suggest Odegaard also did a bit of a number on him and uh, removed him from the game, which was always Calvin Phillips' problem in the first season when he was substituted against Swansea and Sheffield Wednesday after half an hour or was it Birmingham after half an hour because they were marking him and he didn't know what to do with it so you know he's not as good as Calvin Phillips but then Calvin Phillips is absolutely incredible at it I've likened it in the YP column to Virgil van Dijk being out for Liverpool because that's worse that's worse (laughs) for us but there is a point, you know, you spend £75 million on a defender, you're only going to have one £75 million defender in your team and whoever the backup is is going to be a bit lousy. So the better your first team players are, the lousier their backups look because you put all the money into your, your first choice players. Whoever replaces Messi at Barcelona when he can't be asked, I mean, I think it's um, it's Martin Braithwaite <laughs> from Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough yeah. So, you know, there is a, there's a quality gap there yeah. that affects any team when their best players are injured and it's happening to us all over the place because Cock, Urente, Clicks got a, a foreshore hip and it's all it we're just falling apart as a club. Yeah. Uh, we did say that we did draw a distinction between it being Strike's fault and just a product of the system. It's just one of those things, isn't it? Let's move on anyway because we covered it on uh, Sunday. Um couple of follow up things on the penalty decisions. Do you think Atwell and VAR got those right because Dermot Gallagher's had his say uh, that's Ireland's Dermot Gallagher we should stress have you heard the video? Uh, yeah, it's weird, that's isn't it? wild when he switches into the Irish accent and he's got the English I don't know um, it's a bit like you Michael though to be very fair similar, you're a very, yeah. very capable man he thought that both decisions were correct Saka I think was correct because it went in our favour mm-hmm. yep Bamford um, incorrect, incorrect. It, yeah. yep I think so too I mean the role of Dermot Gallagher and is, is it Peter Walton the other guy yes, who does it it's hilarious the role of them is to basically go yeah I think that's a correct decision or more or less every single time they will say it and they always have some justification don't they but they're wrong that referee's whatsapp group must just be who's on Sky this week oh, it's me right I got this right if I hear a contrary word out of your mouth Peter Walton from Vichy France okay then fine um, Bielsa 
disagreed with the idea that there was a problem. Do you think there was a problem with the whole system? Yeah, but what else could he have done? Who's to say if Dallas or Click or Shackleton would have been any better if they'd played there? It would have caused a problem elsewhere, potentially. And we've learned that Bielsa generally does know what he's doing, doesn't he? So maybe we should just... Are you, are you prepared to make such a bold that this might make one of those clickbait websites if you're not careful? Normanton slams Bielsa. <laughs> um, I mean, he, he needs a copy of my coaching manual, doesn't he, for starters? But other than that, he's got the basics right, I think, Doing in the main. Right. He did have the evidence of the second half as well when we were fine. So with Stroik in that position, we were capable of beating Arsenal 2-1 over the course of 45 minutes. So if they'd have been... And Stroik said um, himself at the end of the game that there had not been the energy in the first half. He said, for some reason, we just weren't up to our energy levels and that Bielsa's half-time talk had been, get the energy going and then the football will come. It sounded like the discussion at half-time as to why they'd not been good was that they just they weren't switched on rather than so-and-so's in this position or this is happening there, which you don't get the opportunity for follow-ups in those post-match interviews. People get like three questions and then they move on to the next media outlet or there's a press officer there saying, right, no, you've had your, your one question. It's like Don't ask so about so. the pitch. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. Waving at Pat Bamford, getting to, to be quiet and also wheeling on the oxygen to make sure he's going to get to the end of the interview so that it doesn't get down to there's no opportunity to say to Pascal, okay, so why were you all lazy as fuck in the first half? You're tardy. Do you think, do you think they were tired? Because Michael, you're tired, aren't you? Well, you're very tired. You're a very tired man. <laughs> why are you very tired? It's life in that, isn't it? It's bad. <laughs> What have you been forced to do this last 24 hours? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, apart from all the childcare and schools being shut and all that sort of business that's going on, I've tried to find propaganda and Arsenal fan TV. It's impenetrable in so many different ways. I mean, I just went on to try and find what they've been saying about the Leeds game and there are over 20 videos about the Leeds game. No, I didn't watch any of them. I, I, I looked at Hard-working as ever. How, how can you claim to be tired? He's like, oh, Arsenal fans TV's really tired me out. Oh, what did you do? I didn't watch any of it. I watched some of it. I'll be honest. I did watch some. I watched about 8% of them. <laughs> Something like that, I would say. But I mean, you'll hear why. This, this is the noise that was being made after the Saka penalty decision was overturned. And just, just see how much of this you could bear. I see what you mean. There was a minute there, and that's a minute too long. Uh, that was that was hard work. I know sometimes we talk over each other and we try not to do. You know, it's a skill you try and develop over time, don't you? Because it's exhausting for people. I mean, there are three of us, and we don't generally talk over each other. There are six of them on this recording, and they're pretty much all talking the whole time. There's a lot of talking and no listening in that room, isn't there? And I don't know who is listening and extracting. I mean, all, all I took from it was that weird shout out for Louise. I assume it was Louise nerding he was talking about. And... What's strange, we were talking on the preview to the game about how Arsenal fans TV sort of makes more sense than Arsenal Football Club. And I noticed that David Luiz, who strangely wasn't mentioned there, he's taken that onto the pitch because they were saying in that that, okay, so they were referring to David Luiz, not Luiz Nerding. His sending, off at, <laughs> his sending off at Wolverhampton was the same, that it should have been a, a red card. And David Louise was saying the pitch side microphones had him on the pitch saying that to the referee, saying, going around saying, penalty and red card, same, same as Wolverhampton is the exact quote. So it's Arsenal Football Club and Arsenal Fans TV are blending together. we got the players going up to the referee going, you're mad. There's red card and penalty, same as Wolverhampton, same as Wolverhampton. I'm done with football if you don't give this as a penalty. That's it. Oh, I hate football. It's that same bloke again. It's the, it's kind of, do you remember the Harry Enfield self-righteous brothers? Yeah, yeah. He's kind of one of them. 
is this is that fellow. He was really cross about Pepe in the first game, which we'll we'll go back to in a little while. Does he have the courage of his convictions? Is that it? Does he leave? Uh, no, he stays. <laughs> I think he'd be there again next week as well. <laughs> well, again, he'll be down with football. I mean, Arsenal fan, for me. Arsenal fan TV does very very well. I mean, they're they're set up for life, and it's almost worth asking the question: Are we prepared to sell our lives out to become that monster? If they're set up for life, why don't they stop? <laughs> It's fine now. There's no need to put... I mean, it doesn't sound like they're enjoying it to me. <laughs> You've done well so why, enough. Why put yourself through it every week? Because we spotted it for the the game at Elland Road that Robbie was dealing with whoever the fool was that was shouting at him. And just There's a bit more of that to come. As plainly, <laughs> all his patience is gone. So if you are set up for life, isn't he, he's worth millions now out of this, hasn't he? He's absolutely all credit to him for turning this into something that has set him up for life. So stop. Don't put yourself <laughs> through it. Give up. You me, don't need it. Me and Michael were chatting before you uh, you came back in the room, Moscow, uh, before we started recording. We've both been watching The Crown on Netflix and we were saying about that whole royal family thing. None of them really come out of it looking great. And we sort of moved up into the point that all that money, all those palaces and all those houses, probably got enough now. Just stop. Give some to us. It's where um, Harry and Meghan have got the right idea, haven't they? Like, we'll just fuck this. <laughs> Being a royal sounds really difficult. We'll just go and be rich. Fair enough. <laughs> I'd be up for that if uh, if anyone wants to make that happen. <laughs> anyway. I think Arsenal Fan TV, one thing I took from it is that they're so used to being angry about their own club, they were struggling to compute being four goals up and winning a game in the end fairly comfortably. I think we predicted this on the match ball as well, didn't we? So in the end, they just re- decided to get really cross about Alioski. That's my new way of saying goodbye. Alioski. Alioski! 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 You can meet Pepe now. You can meet niggas on the You can meet niggas on the stand. Don't meet niggas on the stand. Are you sure there's only six people in that room? <laughs> it somehow seems worse, doesn't it? It's the worst breakfast show you've ever heard, isn't it? The zoo format. I was going to say, it's the, way, like, the worst bar you've ever been. I mean, you get sat next to a table of people sometimes and you're like, oh, I'm going to, I'm just going to, I know it's raining, but I'm just going to go sit in the beer garden because I can't fucking bear this <laughs> any longer. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm not a violent man, but I feel I might glass someone for the first time in my life if I have to stay here any longer. <laughs> I mean, why are they so cross with him? Because Pat Bamford said, Alioski said that he was looking forward to seeing his mate Pepe and then he it's, walked past him and blah, and it's like, and he's a football coward. That's, it's worth remembering. What did they want him to do? Fuck it. I mean, Pepe got sent off for headbutting him, so you can't headbutt him because he gets sent off. He got sent off as, I think he's called Troops, the main um, idiot on it. He seems He was the one who was arguing in the first game that Alioski should have got booked for putting his mouth mm, on having a mouth. having putting his mouth on Pepe's head or something when he got headbutted which is a an interesting reading of a headbutt but yeah what Alioski actually said was this is second hand so this is coming from Pat Bamford isn't so, it so the, it was it was a private comment in the dressing room that Pat Bamford has chosen to relay just in a moment of light humor grass yeah and and in the, the context of saying he's the worst he never shuts up is how he frames this mm. about Alioski he says Alioski said to him in the, the Leeds dressing room I can't wait for Sunday I was like, why? He was like, I'm playing against my mate Pepe again. That's what he said. That was it. That was it. And Pepe wasn't playing. You're a football coward. You're a football coward. <laughs> so then, well, is that what we do? said £70 million worth of Pepe. And the other thing I took from the um, reading the reports on the Arsenal game and getting people's views of Arsenal under Arteta is that they that's one of their best performances for a while. And it seems like Arteta might be finally pulling Arsenal together as a team because Saka was very, very good against us. Um, Emil Smith-Rowe is coming into his own. Aubameyang was in his preferred position through the middle. They're getting good use out of Odegaard, the central, the Willian. They don't know why he keeps bringing on Willian. But Pepe, who they spent £70 million on, and who's Lacazette, who was, what, £40, £50 million, out of the team, Arsenal, good. And that's the way it's all working. So why I don't know how they can all be on Team Pepe when their club has wasted £70 million and they, didn't they all want him out of the game after the permanently? It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't gonna, I'm done with football. Get Pepe out of football at Elland Road. Now, Pepe is the hero simply because Alioski didn't kick him in the face as he walked past him when he was substituted. Well, there's two more clips. This, the first oh, one is... Oh, really? Fuck it. Is, 
is troops talking about Alioski again after the game. And this is where you can hear Robbie doing his his wants to live on a desert island and turn off the internet forever thing. Which, when you listen to this, you might have some sympathy with. Alioski, you're a disgrace. <laughs> he is not he's a disgrace because for what he said and I cannot believe I won't even say about me because because <laughs> I can't believe that but I cannot believe what he said and also that he wasn't criticised because listen no, but come on Ty it's a bit of fun it's backfired on him it's, it's, it's backfired it, on it, him because it made me laugh that when he was coming off the pitch and he had to walk all the way around the pitch substituted and you've got to walk past Pepe Yep. Pepe's just warming up, probably yes. laughing at him because yep. he was about 4-0 at that time. Yeah, that's right. Right? But Alioski, you're a football coward. <laughs> Who enjoys this? I cannot believe what he said. Why is it not being reported? Why has it not been on the front page of the papers, what he said? It's like, fucking hell. He's been listening to the angry, angry ultra cockney man. I cannot believe it. I if do... he comes around my ass, speaking to my missus like that, I'll fucking tat his face off. <laughs> Pissing on my kids at Christmas. Eh, dearie. You didn't quite know what you were going to say there, did you? Not really, no. Yeah, it was great. I but, do, um, yeah. <laughs> I do keep having that sympathy for Robbie. Pissing I think he, your kids. I think he feels, um, he feels a lot like I do. That quote where he just says, it's just a bit of fun. It's <laughs> absolutely, I'm sure that's probably how, you know, Arsenal Fans TV started. Let's just interview fans after a game and it'll just be a bit of fun. And then they've got Arsenal fans chanting that they're, they're the scum of the club. And he's surrounded himself with all these people, six people going absolutely mad about nothing in a room. And what's the what's the main one called? Troops. The guy who's talking to there. Really exhausting one. Yeah. I imagine you see you see it's an audio medium, but I imagine him now to be jumping around the room. He was getting up close to the when he goes off mic is when he goes and he goes quieter, it's because he's going up to the camera to say, Alioski, you're a disgrace. But it's what nobody can keep a handle on anymore. It's just a bit of fun. You don't have to get that annoyed about Gianni Alioski I think ever. The last clip I've included as well is, bear in mind how annoyed they are about Alioski saying he was looking forward to playing against my mate Pepe again. Bear in mind that's all he said. This is what they said about Pepe in the first game. I don't want to ever see him play for Arsenal again, because that's just letting the club is he not going to get a card? totally down. So you get he, your chance and he goes and does that. Is he not going to get a card though? That's brilliant. Is, he not going to, is Alioski not going to get a card though? There's nothing wrong with it, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a sending off, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, stupid. Well, He's out now for three games. Exactly. Oh, Nicholas. How dumb is that? That is Nicholas. a. Don't deserve it. Don't deserve it. You, don't, you, do, you do things like that. So you let your team down like that, man. But why Alioski has not got a card? But at the end of the day, you don't do that. What he's just done there, Pepe, he's just let the whole football club down, running off his mouth about playing, and he goes and does that. I don't ever want to see him. Play it. Get rid of him in January. Get rid of him. Have him deported, <laughs> executed, hung, drawn and quoted. Stick him in a gibbet. I want to see him at the bottom of the fucking Thames. <laughs> oh, God. When are we launching uh, TSB TV then? I mean, I don't think we know enough people to create the same level of noise that they managed to do. And if I knew people like that, I wouldn't be friends with them. <laughs> I think they were twats. It's too much in him. The tale of two small boys thrown together in Weatherby. Gelhart Greenwood, I'm talking about. Phil Hayes writing about it this week. Partnership and friendship is what's blossoming there. And it's the future of Leeds United, don't you think? Could well be. The under-23s seem to be the best team in Leeds at the moment, considering the first team is a disgrace. Get, I never want to see any of them play for Leeds again. Drown them all in the air. Get Mark Jackson in. Play the kids. <laughs> starting with... Greenwood and Gelhart. I believe that is actually the closing paragraph of the article that Phil has written on The Athletic this week. And um, we do bring you the podcast. <laughs> the only way to find out. <laughs> in league with them is to blah, 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 etc. You know you know the sell by now. Go to theathletic.com forward slash the square ball and you can get your discount there. Find the very latest offer at theathletic.com forward slash the square ball. Hi, the kids are all right, as the saying goes, under 23s. Absolutely pissing that league. Was it 100 points clear now? Basically promoted just after Christmas. Brilliant. Like it. Put them all in the first team, yeah. Yeah, 3-0 against Reading. Too easy, really, now. Miles clear. Reading's keeper had a bit of a melee day. Was getting a bit lost with the pressing and all that. But too easy. Let's play the kids. Can you play the kids in the under-23s? You know what I mean? Play the next age group down. Well, some of the under-18s do make it in there. Yeah, they are playing a lot of them. Younger than that. What's the youngest age group we have? Put some of them in. Put some (laughs) 10-year-olds in. That's what I'm saying. If they're good enough, they're old the, enough. 
Big. But maybe not quite big enough. I'm not sure. <laughs> just little kids running around against some adults. The thing is, if the 10-year-olds at Leeds United played against us three, they would absolutely run rings around us and it'd be horrendously embarrassing. No, they wouldn't. I'd kick them. Well, there's that as well. But yeah, no, it's good to see we're doing well. I once saw an eight-year-old running rings around Charlie Taylor. I don't know if I've ever told this story, but when the... Um when they made that season ticket video when Redders leans out the car to Sam Byram and Charlie Taylor and Lewis Cook and all that lot. The future of Leeds United. Alex Mowat as well. Those four, the future of Leeds United. Filmed them playing football on the the pitch on the hill above Elland Road, playing against some like 10-year-old kids, one of whom Alex Mowat pushed over off the ball, (laughs) which was quite entertaining. But yeah, one of them just kept um, nutmegging Charlie Taylor (laughs) and absolutely running rings around him. So you kind of, can we... Can we use this footage? Get him sold. Wow. He's doing all right for himself now, isn't he? But yeah, it did uh, It did make me wonder that if, if an eight-year-old could make him look like Gary Cahill, whether he was going to be um, all that. Turns out he is well, Charlie, absolute king of the Premier League, Charlie, isn't he? Charlie Taylor is a good working-class English boy, which is why he's found favour at Burnley, unlike Pat Bamford. Poor Pat. I've not seen the... Turned I've, up with his mum and dad, Moscow. <laughs> Can you believe that? Goes to show how privileged he is, doesn't it? Showing off two parents. I mean, we, have we got the uh, the audio of um, of what Sean Dyche said to him that I morning? I think I've got the clip. Let me just have a look. Hang on a second. This is me tapping on my computer. That sounds like a table. Oh, yeah, and it on. sounds like I've not been briefed on the fact that I was going to have to Dyche it today, but never mind. What's he, what was he... So he was annoyed about his mum and dad turning up. The um, Well, the story that Pat Bamford told was that... Um, he was being hauled over the coals over his attitudes, which it sounded like it was a daily occurrence when he was at, at Burnley. And one of the things Sean Dyke said to him was, Ook, well, I obviously... Don't I, try I, I can't Your mum should be on the game and your dad should have died in an industrial accident. <laughs> Otherwise, you don't fucking want it. He said, who, who brought you to Burnley on your first day? And Pat said, my mum and dad. And Sean Dyke said, exactly. Which, still don't know. It does seem like you, you might be right that having parents seems to have been his, his crime. Oh, well, he's done all right, hasn't he? Pat? Did you see the stuff about Bielsa thinking that his dad was a billionaire as well? Was Pat it Bielsa Bamford? himself? Apparently so. The, I'm sure Bamford said that he thought that Bielsa had got kind of the wrong end of the stick and that he thought he was actually from a real billionaire family. And he was like, no, nah, my dad's an architect. Have you driven past the JCB factory? No. In the Midlands? That is big, you know. That is big. So Bamford, I don't think Pat Bamford owns all of it, though, does he? No, quite legitimately is from a very rich family. Yeah, they are related, but it's um, it's like cousins. He's not, like yeah, a, yeah, he's not a direct inheritor of the tractor fortune, but it's it's there for him if he, you know, if he's nice to the right relative, he he might get himself out of the financial hole. Yeah, that he currently <laughs> if, lives in. if he's struggling with this football malarkey, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I'll bless him. I like Pat Bamford, and he didn't deserve that by Deitch, the bastard, bastard. Speaking of Bielsa, he might be getting even richer from Lille. He won't keep it. It's not for him anyway, is it? He wants 19 million euros off him, though, and I think they should give him it without knowing a great deal about this. I think they're in the wrong and Bielsa's <laughs> in the right. Because Pepe he is, is uh, he is all that is true and good in the world. Pepe is part of the story here, isn't he? Because he was um, one of the players that Lille signed and then they claimed that, well, part of sucking Bielsa was all that he's not uh, doing the job of... Um, it was to reduce the age of the squad and also to increase its value. And they said, well, you know, Bielsa's rubbish. We've got to get rid of him. And then not long after that, they're selling one of their young players, Pepe, for £70 million. And um, I think that's part of Bielsa's claim against Lille, our twin town. It's the football club, not the town, that he's um, he's having this industrial tribunal with. Was, well, I can't have been that bad if you sold him for £70 million. And also, you were all dicks. I think that's, to summarise his legal argument, yeah, I mean, we bring you this news and I've got absolutely nothing of any value to say about it because I don't know what it's about. It's about, Lille was his last job before coming to Leeds and he lasted there for about three months, had lots of arguments with the sporting director. They were trying to, uh, what did they call it? I think they called it Project OL, Olympic, uh, they are Olympic. No, they're not Olympic. Yeah. Are they Olympic? Yeah, yeah. It's Olympic Lyonnaise, because, so it can't be Olympic Lille as well. Yeah. Project Lille, we'll just call it anyway. Olympic Lille, yep. That's the one. <laughs> Bang on. The European sports uh, experts are in the room. And it all went badly wrong quite soon. The, the last photo of him um, from Lille was quite a, a heartbreaker. He was in a, a restaurant. It was described as a restaurant. It looked more like a cafe. And he had a bag for life at his feet. And he's looking at a laptop on his own in a, in 
downtown Lille, watching them lose away 3-0 to Montpellier on his laptop just that after a, he's um, been sacked. Olympic Montpellier. Olympic Montpellier. All the team, yes. Olympic Paris Saint-Germain <laughs> won the league that year, I think. Correct. Um, is there a winter Olympic team? And I wonder if this is part of Bielsa's pursuits of all this, because it is unusual. We know that Bielsa is not necessarily motivated by material things. He's a very rich man, so he can afford not to be. But um, why is he chasing this 90 million euros? They suspended him originally on the grounds that he'd made an unauthorised trip to Chile. And the reason he'd gone to Chile was because his former assistant, when he was the manager of Chile, was dying of stomach cancer. It was his final visit to him. And so I think suspending him for that, he was quickly presented as that was that they'd found an excuse. Ah, you see, he's, he's fucked off to South America. We can suspend him. Echoes, and, echoes of where's Brian there? Yes. Mm. So I, I think there's maybe a, a, a moral imperative behind him doing that. And then also that the contract he has with Lille, well, he has two contracts with Lille. And the original, original one said that if he got sacked, all the money that was due to him over the length of the contract would be paid to him anyway, which is a great contract. That's really good, that. Like one of those. But the contract that got lodged with the football authorities doesn't have that clause in it. So that's the money that he's pursuing. He's saying, you agreed with me, and that contract was signed, I believe, with the, the owner of Leo's like, personal company. You agreed with me this, and then you've, you're trying to give me this. So it's against the agreement. And that 90 million... Euros, as we know from his contract at Leeds, he pays his own staff. So all that money was not just, it's not £90 million that was going to be paid for him during that contract. It's £90 million that was going to be paid to all the staff that he has. A lot of them are are with him at at Leeds now, so he needs to pay them. So that's about And One of the sad things about coronavirus amongst many, obviously the hundreds of thousands of people who have died, is the main thing. But that Marcelo Bielsa wasn't in court in person for this because he was originally due to be there in the courtroom, um, haranguing them. Um, he was permitted to speak for four, for 15 minutes. There's a bit, I think the detail was that it was extended because he was through a translator, so they did double it. But then he spoke for 45 minutes anyway, and then was closed down before he was finished after 45 minutes and said, I have suffered abuse and will, you will not allow me to com- complete my presentation, which does make it sound like the whole thing's come down to a, an argument about a PowerPoint. But... Um, yeah, so he doesn't feel like he's being able to have his, his full say, but his say that he did have includes lots of arguments about, uh, for example, they discussed 33 players and... Um, Luis Campos is the man that he really hates. Yeah, seems. and he worked with him. So he's like the Victor Orta over there and they, they offered him three players for each position. Um, none of the planned 33 came to Leo. We were looking at fourth, fifth or even eighth options for players and... Sounds um, a bit like Bates. It's a bit. And, it's a bit the sort of thing that ends with Scott Wotton. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there was this exchange where um, Kiroga, who is one of Bielsa's assistants, said hello to Campos, and Bielsa scolded him and said, "How can you say hello to such a bandit?" <laughs> um, and then um, Louis Campos says, um, "You will answer for what you have you come to say in court." And it was then Caroga who stopped Bielsa from chinning Campos. <laughs> Although Bielsa argues it was Campos who wanted to chin him. I love the fact that Bielsa is one of the game's great thinkers. He's still not beyond <laughs> just chinning someone. Because didn't he end up punching someone over? Because they were doing sloppy work on the training ground at um, yes. at Bilbao. The head of construction. <laughs> He's got that in his locker, hasn't he? And it's important yeah. to have and that. Then, <laughs> and then he reported himself to the police for it because he knew that the uh, the builder... Um, he felt that his status in society in society meant that he would not report the manager of Athletic Bilbao, the great Marcelo Bielsa, to the police. So he's like, oh, I'm going to have to do it for him. So he went I mean, off and reported f- it. Physical assault, no laughing matter apart from this. It's because he's such a reasonable man and you know he would try his absolute best to talk something through. But then he just looks in his in his bag and thinks, nope, all my reasonable points have not been have been addressed here and dismissed. I'm just going to have to chin him. <laughs> And it does make you think as well that there must be good reason for him to be pursuing this because he didn't have any of this disagreement with Marseille where he, he walked out only the eve of his second season. I think he got one game into his second season and the, the president had broken promises for the second summer running. So he just said, right, I'm out. But there was none of this afterwards. Same at Lazio. They, he never actually turned up at Lazio and they were all annoyed about that. But there was never a legal case about it all got sorted out. So there's something to this and, you know, obviously we're biased towards Bielsa in every single way, but if the decision 
which is expected on July the 2nd, and which can then be, uh, there can be more court challenges from whichever side, so it, it probably won't be ended on that day. But if it's against him, it's a travesty of justice. Um, that much is probably clear to all of us. And I would also say, I mean, we've mentioned this a couple of times, but learning those little bits about how angry he gets about <laughs> not getting agreed players and sort of the relationship with the sporting director can deteriorate to the point where he wants to punch him. It is another one where you've got to say Victor Orta and Kinnear and Radrizzani do quite well to have kept him sweet for three years. And, and I believe uh, all, all three noted for sensible level headed approaches to everything. Well, that's it. I mean, we do know, we've seen in public Radrizzani making a tit of himself with sounding off at people on Twitter and badge designs and all sorts. It's just pulled out of his ass from nowhere. So he's got that in him. We know that Victor Orta shouts at clouds. It's It happens. So for them all to be in this um, this combustible situation together and working together very healthily and happily, it's a beautiful bit of chemistry. Well, is, maybe maybe Rads has got his attention elsewhere, though, because have you seen the rumours about him looking at, at Palermo? If you're not familiar with the geography of Italy, by the way, um, Palermo are based in the town of Palermo. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome. No, which is actually at Sicily. So if we do get a tw- like a twin club, a sister club there out in Sicily, that'd be all right, wouldn't it? South of Italy, going and sunning ourselves pre-season. I mean, this is a thing that Radrizzani has said he was going to look at. Cause... Service crew meets the mafia. <laughs> Christ. I think I feel like it might be a bit of a mismatch right, when those Russians turned up with the gloves on. <laughs> it was like, oh shit, no. We, we were sort of thinking more 10 pints than a scrap. This is <laughs> this is a bit too serious. It's got, it's got out of hand, lads. <laughs> but yeah, I guess we're looking at this to try and get some Brexit footballers in because you can't just buy anyone anymore, can you? You have to build them and make them into good players before you're allowed them. So maybe it's a way of, of getting into that sort of a market for us. Mm, well, Palermo are currently there. Are they tier three? Did did poor old, what's his face, uh, Massimo have a little sniff around them at any point? Is he one of his uh, one of his victims? He's never owned them. Um, I'm sure he had a look at them. Hey, but yeah, they I were, buy him. Hey, I buy Palermo. They were quite big <laughs> at one point and now they're small. And I think it seems like that's what appeals to stuff around it as well, where they could be redeveloping the stadium and the new training ground and all those kind of things. Like the the project that attracted Radrizzani to Leeds has there's some echoes of that in in Palermo, where they are there to be got back into Syria, and um, they also will be known, perhaps, to our listeners as being the Italian team with the pink shirts, which is it's also a very light pink as well. It's like a wash with a red sock kind of pink, isn't it? Is it Sheffield United pink? No, it's much nicer than That's that. That's a shite kit, is that? And it's a great... Um, I mean, it's, it is for charity, I should say, by the way. It's got a very good meaning behind it, but in terms of just that its pure merits as a football kit, but it's awful. A, it's a great shout in their favour because some of them are absolutely beautiful. This, look at that, their 1979 kit. Oh, wow. That's an absolute beauty. So oh, we're going to have fucking hipsters walking around Leeds like you pair of twats in Yamaha, Bielsa, <laughs> Newell's shirts and, I don't and the, from the 90s. You will, you'll buy one. I know you He's bought one. I might dickhead. buy a Palermo shirt, but I haven't yeah. bought a Newell's one. Walking around in pink shirt. Yeah, I, 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 know I, I unwisely I invested in um, Boca Juniors t-shirt just before he turned up. <laughs> so that had to go straight in the bin. No, it didn't. I still, it's nice. I just don't wear it out. I'm just looking at their stadium There's another on one. There. Look, look at that. It's white with little, there's three thin hoops of pink and black and then a big advert for pasta pasta ferrara across the middle and it just looks sweet i'm just looking at their stadium actually on maps and it's stadio renzo uh barbara as i'm oh renzo but she's good yeah old babs as i believe the locals like to call that stadium and you'll be obviously be well aware that um parco della favorita is just around the corner from there so it's quite you know quite picturesque around there it's Mm. quite nice and you could then maybe have a mosey up to uh Mont Pellegrino, which is nearby. It's the mountain where the... Uh, the water's made. Yes. Yes. Yeah, excellent. Just um, flows down the side and they just can it at the bottom. Okay, let's move on from that and talk Leeds again. Pablo, is he going? Is he going to leave us and go back to the, the other part of the Mediterranean? It's snippy, wasn't it? His Instagram post. What, what has he said then for the benefit of anybody who hasn't seen it, i.e. me? It was written in foreign. Right. So... Send the buggers back, yeah. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure... But the translation seemed to be, although it was impossible for you, never claim anything in life, swallow the poison of hatred and accept injustices. Rest assured that everything is balanced in the end. Bielsa's own words, in fact. It's from a speech that Bielsa made to his players. I think it's the Athletic Bilbao lot after they'd let him down in a, a final. And um, it's been, it was confirmed to, uh, where are we now? We'll credit the right person. I can't help but feel that something has gone on in the background here and I don't like it. I don't like this to be the way that it ends. 
it's awkward and it's like your parents fighting which mm-hmm. I know Sean Dyche would appreciate but <laughs> this isn't nice is it no. Cecilia Lagos confirmed it to Graham Smith she's a freelance journalist in Europe covering football and um yeah, it's the, the same words that uh, Bielsa used in Marseille. It's a, a dressing room speech he gave in Marseille. She says that uh, the speech is quite iconic and inspirational in football and quite well known. Yeah, so it, it adds an, another layer to it that Pablo Hernandez is using Bielsa's own words to talk about being, he's obviously pissed off that he's not playing, isn't he? I don't want to dislike either of these people, so should we just pretend it's not happening? Mummy and Daddy. Both, we both love mommy and daddy. Just going to be living in separate houses now. I think that's, I mean, that's the solution we are heading towards, isn't it? That yeah. they will just have to, they will have to separate and we can love them both, but at, at different times. No more, no more holidays. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a It's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Friday night, they keep buggering us about in the schedule, don't we? Because we're so bloody popular. That's us. Uh, Wolves on Friday. I mean, I'm, I think I'm more in favour of an early game in the weekend. It felt a very long wait for the Arsenal game this mm. time around. So, Oh, imagine oh, what we were saying before about having the 8pm slot on a Sunday. Too late. Stop it. It is far too late. 8 o'clock on a Friday. It's good. You can go out afterwards. Well, where, we, where are we off? Not. <sighs> can't go anywhere, can you? No. But it would be all right. But then again, it probably wouldn't be on TV if things were open would no it? I think this is one of the broadcast slots so oh is it, it would I, have been, yeah. I've lost track of it completely so we could have gone to the pub wow because we're hashtag lads <sighs> oh we could all sit in a room and talk over each other that'd be an option for this I'm one done with football they've only they just kicked off what's going to happen on Friday I mean two teams are going to line up against each other what's going to happen when that whistle goes we should beat them do you think we will do because they, they've, they've gone on a bit of a slump since they beat us they looked quite handy and I thought oof We've learned a bit of a Premier League lesson here when we played them in the first game. I mean, their best player got his head all broken up, so that didn't help them. That was against Arsenal. They managed to fracture his skull quite horrifically. Have we got a percentage chance of it reoccurring, or is that not not yet known? <laughs> we should maybe explain this reference for anybody who's not aware of it. It's a long-standing one, isn't it? On it was a, from the from the Championship Manager thing we did of uh, someone who I know used to set David Beckham with an injury of fractured skull with one hundred percent chance of recurring. So he was basically permanently injured. Information you shared with us when um, <laughs> it was around two in the morning. Drinks had been taken. Oh, and I think I ended up on the floor. But yes, whether or not Jimenez has he's got a slightly better chance of recovering, I'm not sure. But he was a very good player for them when you know, he was playing because it was hell of a, a crack that David Luiz gave him, wasn't it? It wasn't a, a happy yeah. injury. But yeah, they've only won three times since he's been out, and they've been a bit lucky in those wins because one of them was the. The game that the Arsenal fans were so annoyed about, actually, where Louise got sent off and there was a penalty. And then against Southampton, there were some more dubious penalty calls in that, which which got them the points. So, the shit, really, we should beat them. Yeah, I mean, um, Premier League pundit Karen Carney said they were terrible to watch. Mm, how does that, how does terrible to watch come up against absolutely shattered? Well, she might have said, uh, she might have said boring. I think it was the boring to watch, but um, that was about the, the size of it. Steve Nichol like them? Sounds they're great. <laughs> 
It's his favourite team. Dower football. Yeah, they've really gone off the boil, haven't they? And uh, I know that um, Nuno Spirito Santo is low in the odds now to be the next Premier League manager to leave, which then, is which seems mad in my world. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they beat Arsenal and we couldn't do that. And then they drew... They were getting battered in that game, though, until people started getting sent off and penalties were being given and stuff. But then they drew with Leicester, who were dead good, but we beat Leicester. And then... Playground rules, is that the best we've got for I the analysis? What I'm, what I'm getting to is that they're quite difficult to pin down. You can't really tell what Wolves are going to do from uh, one minute to the next. 1-1 one, one with Spurs. I mean, when you compare our performance against them, that's not a bad result. But then getting done 4-0 against Liverpool is a is a bad result. I watched the first half of them against Southampton on the weekend and they were terrible. And was then the... and then they won. That, yeah. was when, that was when Carney said that they were boring. Yeah, see, I, I mean, I, I wasn't watching second half, so I think they lost that game 1-0 as mm. far as I'm concerned. But was that the um, the FA Cup match that they lost to Southampton or then the Premier League game that they won against Southampton three days later? The Premier League game. Premier League Admittedly, game. there were some team changes in there, but I think that, that kind of, you know... If there's to be any consistency in the world or understanding of things, then teams should not get different results against each other three days apart. But it does, a, it does happen, which is uh, to confuse us. I, I refuse guess, to accept it. I think the point with this one is that we feel like, or it feels like, sorry, we've learned since that first game, we've been on a general upward trajectory and they seem to have stagnated. And when you couple that you know, with Jimenez's injury, they're depleted. We've got a good chance going into this game. Mind you, I felt we had a good chance going into Arsenal. Did We did though, didn't we? We did have a good chance going into it, but sometimes, as we know with Leeds, we haven't quite found our equilibrium yet and the wheels come off. We had a good chance in the last 15 minutes, so we were still there to, to win that game. Do we know if we've got Calvin Phillips yet? No. Well, we don't. The, 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 the thing that gives me biggest hope with this game is what we did to Leicester, who played a very similar style of game, albeit Leicester are better than Wolves. Um, and, you know, Tried to, what is it? Low block is that the phrase that Phil keeps using with his fancy football talk? <laughs> Men behind the ball—that's what it used to yeah. be called. I mean, the other simple explanation for the Arsenal game that made it quite clear to me was that Arteta picked all his players who could run with the ball at their feet, and our defenders don't like that. Liam mm-hmm. Cooper—if I know anything about Liam Cooper—is that he doesn't like a player running at him, and that's why that penalty came up, didn't it? Was it Saka for that one? And he. You know, he's really good at dribbling and he dribbled at him and he brought him down, which is what Liam Cooper is very good at he a lot of things. He didn't bring him down. Well, no, he didn't He actually. took himself down. Yeah. But it was the, the circumstances in which you could believe Liam Cooper had, <laughs> put it that way. He's good at lots of things, but he doesn't like people running at him. And Arteta had, has those players in his squad where it's, oh, right, well, I've got four really good dribblers, put them in the middle of the pitch and let them run at those two. And Stroik being an obvious weakness, somebody you can target because he's not the best in that position whereas if it's Calvin Phillips there then you kind of go oh well maybe we need to stay out of that so so Neto and Triore to run as ragged that's what you're saying yeah essentially but they're wide aren't they rather it was the Triore is yeah he's massive <laughs> it's the running into the middle that um, screws us up although I suppose Alioski didn't exactly uh, do brilliantly in fact Alioski should be banned from football for life shouldn't he after those disgusting things he said well no after his disgusting performance that's the if we are going by Arsenal fans TV rules five out of ten performance against Arsenal get out of our club and that'll be fine he'll be alright against whoever Wolves have got Traore Alioski versus him little race what do you uh, no problem what do you fancy for this one then let's have a nice 1-0 win a really grindy win that's what I fancy Pat Bamford header 84 minutes mm, I'd settle for that WhoScored.com does give us some hope because they are not very strong at anything. They're only strong at six things, and that's not as good as being very strong at things. So counter-attacks, we can deal with that. Attacking set pieces shouldn't Mm. really count. Creating chances through individual skill, they're not going to be back healing into our penalty area that often, so that won't happen. Coming back from losing positions, that's our game, so they can get off that. And then protecting the lead, uh, we just won't let them take the lead. And then stealing the ball from the opposition. Yeah, Stroik's going to give them the ball all day if he's playing, but apart from that, doesn't matter. They're weak at finishing scoring chances, so that thing about being good at, strong at creating chances of individual skill, cancelled out, and they're weak at avoiding fouling in dangerous areas. So we're going to get loads of set pieces, which... Hector Bellerin yes. says we're good at, didn't he? We we know that um, Leeds are good at that, so it's a bit annoying that we let Stroik score. I don't know. I don't know who they think we were. What are we going to do Friday? I say it's a draw if Calvin doesn't make it and we nick it if he does. I think win, man of the match, Pascal Stroik in midfield. 
I think he's going to turn it on. It will be like the Crystal Palace Arsenal thing where at the end of the Crystal Palace game, he said, oh, I suppose I'll have to practice my headers. And then Arsenal, he's clearly been doing nothing else all week apart from thump headers in from 40 yards. So it'll be like that. He'll gone home after the Arsenal game. Oh, maybe need to practice this playing a midfield thing. Stride out onto the pitch against Wolves. Like, who's the best midfielder you've ever seen? Like, Perlo himself. Great. Michael? I've already said. 1-0, Pat Bamford header. 80-something minutes. I'm with you on that. I'm going to agree with you. What, what score are you going for, Moscow? Are you going for something outrageous and ridiculous again? No, I think 3-0 to Leeds. <laughs> no, I, I was criticised for saying we were going to win, because we didn't. Yeah, but he always says something stupid every week for the score, whereas you uh, flip and flop, and very occasionally you'll say something positive <laughs> and be proved wrong. I can't believe people didn't think, think, think that my 6-0 victory over Arsenal prediction was serious. Well, we got six goals. See? Not that mad. Boring, boring, boring. Rubbish. Shut it down. I'm not talking about Arsenal fan TV. I'm talking about the Premier League as a whole. It's made that beast, actually, hasn't it? It's responsible for the fucking madness that comes out of uh, the Emirates. What's wrong with the Premier League is our bit that goes here, where we help them fix this product they've got with the lion and the purple and all that. What are we doing with it this week? Well, there's been a lot of problems with players breaking COVID rules and no one's ever been properly punished for it. Have the players miss a game or they get a bit told off or they get some bad press and that sort of stuff. I noticed today, Arsenal will speak to striker Aubameyang after a video appeared on Instagram showing him getting a tattoo. Not good enough, I'm saying. Disallow his goals against us and we can then chalk that off as a 2-1 win. Seems only fair to me. A sporting sanction? Seems only fair. That's the only thing they understand. You can't find these people, can you? The multi-millionaires, what's the point? Take his goals away from him. Give them to us, maybe. We, we should probably say for the record that um, Aubameyang, he posted this on February 10th, this footage of this tattoo, but it's not clear when or where it was recorded. I'm going to say it was the 10th. <laughs> <laughs> and then he came fresh from there, riddled with diseases, and was breathing all over Liam Cooper. So this, this guy, the tattoo artist, is Barcelona-based, isn't he? So somebody's gone somewhere for he, something. I did also see mention that he might be in Aubameyang's bubble. So it was all quite clearly above board. Do you, would you, I mean, do you keep a tattooist in, in your bubble? Because this, this is our bubble, isn't it? We see each other and that's it. Yeah, we don't even let Phil Hay come into it, do we? He, no, has, to, he the, has to phone in. Well, you know what the Scots are like. Diseased, aren't they? I mean, I don't, I'm not really interested in the evidence, to be honest. I want, I want the win. <laughs> do you want the, the tattoo? Nope, Let's just the win. Do we know what he was getting a tattoo of? He should have a tattoo across his face that says, I'm a rule breaker and my goals against Leeds don't count. Do we want to impose some sanctions on Jack Grealish for his transgression? Has Grealish got tattoos? Probably. Given, I mean, his, I, given I, his standard pain threshold, it does make me wonder if he'd, <laughs> how he'd ever stay still. He'd have to be going to full general anaesthetic <laughs> to receive one. As we head properly into 2021, now is as good a time as any to get all your affairs in order, and Levi solicitors are on hand to help you do that. Uh, get yourself a will sorted, particularly if you've got family, you've got property. It's so important to have that in place should the worst happen. Hopefully, you know, we hope it doesn't. But if it does, you need to make sure that you are prepared for the future. And make sure you address lasting power of attorney as well, which is where if you are unable to make decisions about your finances and your health and your welfare, if you're ill, you're injured, or you can't make those decisions yourself, then it's a nominated person who can do that for you. Levi's, as always, will offer you a 10% discount on your legal fees if you go through us. So go to levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball and sort out your future. It's time for Heroes and Villains, uh, where we pick out the uh, the good and the bad from the last seven days. First is the Ken Bates Villainy Award. So first, the people what done wrong by us this week. Go. Moscow. You've long criticised Pat Bamford, and now he knows about it for definite because it was brought up on the official podcast that you mm. think he's faking his panting. To be fair, if that's the only thing they tell him I've ever said about him, then I'm probably getting off quite lightly, aren't I? How can you justify it? Why, why are you trying to destroy him? He agreed. I did, to be fair. He did. He said he, sometimes he feels like he needs an inhaler. Yeah, there seems to be an increasing amount of asthmatics in football. Hmm, maybe he is. Maybe he is. Who knows? It was a strange feeling of worlds colliding and then splitting apart when I... I heard that someone was well, telling me. Not, not only that, but via the conduit of Matthew Lewis. Yes, he's an actor, isn't he? Yeah, I take, yeah, it, so I take it you're a big fan of the Harry Potter movies, uh, Moscow. You sort of watch them religiously. I've never seen... I've seen the funny gifts out of them and all that stuff. Which character do you think he plays, or played rather, in the Harry Potter series, Matthew Lewis? The wizard. It's a good guess. He's correct. 
There you go. You see, I'm, I'm... which one? Oh, the one who's not Robbie Coltrane. <laughs> the the boy wizard. Which one? Give me a name. Um, Keith. Keith the wizard. Not far off. Go on. Well, his real name's Matthew. So, <laughs> is it Matthew? Nope. Neville. Oh, okay. Neville Longbottom. One of the other Neville brothers. But we also know through the um, through all this. It, now- it is a bit mad, I should say, because this is what we do now, and my kids love Harry Potter and they love Neville. And now Neville has grasped us up to Pat Bamford, who plays for Leeds United, who I also love. Yeah, I mean, there is a point there that you know. Please don't tell him what we're saying about him. Mm. It's not the it's not the idea. I mean, it's awful when people you know take a bit of audio from something that you've done and strip it completely of context and then make you look bad by it. I mean, we'd never do that. I can assure you, I would welcome anyone to go to Arsenal Fan TV and watch all of their output <laughs> and see if it's fair. It in Matthew, fair. Uh, in Matthew Lewis's defence. Because he is obviously, I know I was nominated as the villain here, but I'm trying to spin it onto him. He does seem to have popularised um, or taken Jackie mainstream following that William Hill tweet calling him Jackie Haradonna um, when I listened to the official Leeds podcast, which is not nominated for any awards. Um, <laughs> they, they are just throwing Jackie's name around quite naturally. And it seems to have taken, which I'm pleased about because it is a better name than Jack. Good. I take it when uh, talking about Arsenal fan TV, you want to nominate them for this. Might as well. What for? What's your specific? Give me a reason. What's your justification? I had to listen to some of it for the four minutes you spent. <laughs> it was it was long enough. It was more than enough time to be spending listening to that. So another season. I've, well, I'm done for the year, Anna. Who knows when we'll play them again? We can't get them in a cup, can we? So I've got at least when's the new season start? September. I've got, I've got several months of not having to hear it anyway. So mm. that's good. We can just hope that Robbie has an epiphany. Summer is ahead. Take a little break from football, reassess what's important in your life, and close it down. Take the money and run. Right, what else uh, are we going to nominate this week? Well, London, Arsenal. Do we want to acknowledge that London is a problem? It's done us wrong this week, hasn't it? Because we've lost there and Josh Warrington lost there as well. And I can only attribute that. I mean, Josh Warrington's never lost before, has he? No, then he goes and fights in London, and now look, a broken jaw. This is a startling fact, actually. The last game that Stuart Dallas won in London... Wasn't playing for us, was he? <laughs> he's played for Brentford. It's ridiculous. I think something like twenty. I think it's twenty-three games now. He's played there because he managed to miss that QPR game. It's ridiculous. Did we win that one? Yeah, when Kimar Roof scored that hat trick. So maybe Stuart Dallas is the problem. Good point. London and uh, well, he's from Leeds, isn't he? So London and Leeds makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Who else? Gabriel. Which one? Um, the singer did not cover. Give me just a little more time. We've discovered. Thank you to Anna and Pete for putting me right we should this. We should explain the reference here as well, because we, we talked about it on the match ball. I basically did a load of really shit Gabrielle Gabrielle puns, for which I don't apologise. Um, Didn't just talk about it, I sang it. It's true, yeah. And now it turns out it's not even the right bloody song, because you... Gabrielle, not content to cover Kylie Minogue's cover of the Chairman of the Board song, and thank you for Pete for pointing out who they originally were, had to go and write her own bloody song with the same name, which now Pete and Anna both Send me the link. It's a good song, actually. Remember it quite well. Now it's been pointed out to me. It's totally decent, but yeah, not what um, not what I was thinking of. So I sang for no reason, and it's Gabrielle's fault. Bielsa needs a nomination, I think, for disrespecting Pablo in this way. True. And also, you know, if he's that good, give us a win in London. True enough. Best coach in the world. All the hipsters love him, and he can't even win in a metropolis. What? <laughs> where does he want to win games? Rosario, Buenos Aires. <laughs> I believe that's how they pronounce it, yeah. yeah. Olympic Buenos Aires. Who else? Pablo, mm-hmm. for going on about it. 40-year-old man, more or less. <laughs> Have some self-respect. Don't whinge on Facebook. DM me, hon. <laughs> you okay, hon, etc. All that stuff. Vague booking, as it's known. Karen Hernandez. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be asking if what time bloody home bargains opens and all the sort of stupid shit you get on Facebook groups. <laughs> so pleased to shut mine down. It is dreadful. I, I don't really go on it anymore. But when I do, I regret it. <laughs> right, who else? Niall Huggins. Right. For taking Pablo's place. Should have done the decent thing and feigned injury. Said, mm. I can't go on while Pablo's still sat there. Mm. He should have some respect too. Everyone should be more respectful. Respect. I think it's listening to Cockneys <laughs> so long. I've got a real a real thing about respect all of a sudden. Are we going to nominate Melier as well because of his little uh, indiscretion at the weekend? Which one? Exactly. The 90 minutes um, indiscretion. Yeah, be better. Yeah, don't do that again. He will. 
to return to something we said last week, it's just a soft nomination, isn't it? We don't want to ruin the boys' confidence. Yeah, we just need to acknowledge that it, a lot of things went wrong. Leon Osman, or to give him his name that we call him, Les Osman. Yeah. Lee Osman. Donny Osman. Call him whatever you want. But yeah, he, he seems to think that Bielsa is called Marco. He's not, is he? He's no, he's re- not. He's really devoted to the idea as well, isn't he? He's, he's done it in multiple mediums now. He's been corrected. He? Yeah. Because you could hear the uncertainty when he, he did it first, when he said Marco Bielsa, and then there was a bit of a rustle. And it was like the third minute of a game. Somebody said, it's not, it's, it's not Marco. I said, Marcello. No, it's not that either. So it's, uh, well, I'll just go back to Marco. He's, not He's a scouser. Well. <laughs> right, great. That's all our nominations. Leo. Oh. Leo for upsetting Bielsa. On Campos in particular. Yeah. And um, the project, um, it's not, uh, the project was not Olympic Leo. It was LOSC Unlimited, named after the Dutch rap band, uh, dance rap act. Yeah, so that's what they were trying to do. LOSC Unlimited, and I think it stands for Leo Olympic something S, something C. Sporting Club. <laughs> yeah, probably, right, isn't it? Yeah. So who's your villain of the week then? Campos. It is actually, it's Leo Olympic Sporting Club. So there you go. European that, football expert. All, all that crazy talk, and we were right all along. Their, um, their mascot is called Growly. What does that mean in English? It's a dog. Does it mean Growly? Oh, no. Does it mean Growly? I think I'm being confused. <laughs> Not for the first time. I don't know anything about its mascot. Hold on. Right. Campos, anyway. When when lockdown's over, I want, regardless of the result of this court case, Bielsa should go over and chin him anyway, without Kuroga getting in the way. That could be maybe the compensation that he gets, you know, on top of the money. She gets to lump him. <laughs> Free shot. <laughs> Doggy Dog the Dog appears to be a Leo mascot. Right. Um, Is that Snoop's next venture since Just Eat? It's also uh, known in French as Le Dug, which commemorates former, Shan, isn't it? former Olympic Lillois president Henri Jury. Who was a dog? Who used to stand at the side of the pitch with his huge black dog Barking. to watch the games. And that club merged with a team called SC Fives. I don't know if they were related to the boy band at all, but they formed LOSC, the SC Fives coming to get you, blowing your mind because you've got to get into etc. I think we should d- dispense with the uh, turn of the millennial, millennium, sorry, pop references because we've, we've had a lot in the last couple of weeks. Let's do the Andy Hughes Hero Award instead. They do keep just coming up though. Hearsay is still as relevant as they <laughs> ever are. Luke Ayling needs one because he always gets to do the interviews when we've lost, doesn't he? And I quite liked what he said as well, that he was not willing to take the consolation of we did better in the second half because he was like, well, yeah, but so what? Don't mean anything, does it, when you're 4-0 down? Which is a good attitude. Can I just say as well, dickhead's taking the piss out of him speaking with his stammer. Do you have to have a fucking controversial opinion about everything? Just because you've got a Twitter account, don't need to be a dick about it. That's all. Serious point. Yeah. Last time he was upset on camera, things were good. So I think we're going to win every game from now on. Hope so. Best wishes as well to Granny Val, who's not uh, particularly well, according to the tweet from the club. Uh, This morning, Tuesday, as we we record this, um, so our best wishes there to... uh, to the whole Phillips uh, entourage because she was she was the heart and soul of Take Us Home really wasn't she she was the the beating heart of it she was she's a League United legend in a weird sort of way from from a part in a documentary well, well to be fair she did stop him going to Villa didn't she I'm not moving down there Calvin so you know well done good luck Granny Val I hope you pull through and you're all well and uh, who else Bielsa giving the youngsters a chance good don't bring Hernandez on show him who's boss do the right thing there you like Arsenal fan TV flipping your opinion from game to game. It's a disgusting disgrace. And then as an extension of that, Huggins as well for coming oh, on. Good lad. And then, then again for Bielsa for not saying he did well, for saying he had a balanced game. He didn't shine, but he didn't do anything bad either. Imagine Cheers. that. Cheers, Marco. How, Thanks. Hey, Dad, how, how was my solo in the, in the performance, the, the, the school performance? Adequate. <laughs> didn't you think I was good? You did everything that I expected of you and not a thing more. Is that everybody this week then? It's a losing week, so it's hard, isn't it? Yeah, let's give it to Granny Val. Uh, hopefully it'll put a smile on her face anyway, if she happens to hear about it. Well, so, yeah. Matthew Lewis will be flapping his mouth on <laughs> he'll be running straight round there with a recording of this. Right, final thing to mention is the uh, the FSA Awards. If you don't mind uh, voting for us, that'd be great. Even if you don't like us and you barely tolerate us, give us some validation in our lives. Stop the other podcasts from winning. Yeah. That's the thing. It's who a, it's who about, else is nominated? Is it Fulhamish again? It's about, no, they're in the other category this time. Yeah, we're up against Along Come Norwich, which is obviously Norwich. Uh, Blue Moon, which I think is Man City. Charlton Live, which is Charlton. Uh, Ringing the Blues, which is a Wickham one. And Steve Bloomer's Washing, which is a Derby one. I mean, we can't beat that a lot. 
What and LUFC data are in their category as well. Yeah. What are they nominated for? It's best fan content, I believe, something like that. Well deserved. Yeah, well, so, it will be if they win. Yeah. Question four, question five. If you head to the squareball.net forward slash vote and cast your vote, do it now on your phone. You know, the thing you're listening on, assuming you are. Switch off this podcast. Right now and go do that. The squareball.net forward slash vote. Go, go, go. The Squareball Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 